It's time for episode 17 of the Clockwise Podcast from the editors of TechHive, PC World, and Macworld, recorded November 19, 2013. Clockwise, four guests, four topics, 30 minutes. Welcome back to Clockwise, where it's time to talk about tech. I'm your co-host, Dan Moore, and I'm joined... As always, first by Jason Snell, my lovely and talented co-host. Hi, not, not as always. I wasn't here last that, time. I've just wiped that from my memory. That's I, good. I've decided that you were there. In I'm spirit. always here. I edited that episode, so I sort yeah. Of I mean, so was you could there. have been. You could have just put, put yourself in it. I don't know. I don't listen to these Next things. Next time, that's what I'll up. do. I'll insert myself making fun of you, and you won't even know. <laughs> I mean, that, I just assume you do that on every podcast, Ron. So, uh, to my left, we have the first of our two distinguished guests this week. Uh, another member of the Secret League of Dance, uh, Macworld editor Dan Miller. Hi, Dan. Welcome back. Thank you. How secret is this league if it's your name? <laughs> not very. You will be killed after this podcast. You know oh, too much. Oh, dear. <laughs> that's that's not good. So sitting to my left is Armando Rodriguez. How do we explain Armando? Armando started here as an intern at PC World. And then so he and then he was an, he was an associate or what assistant editor at PC World. He was an editorial assistant. Editorial assistant. And then I became an assistant editor. Assistant editor. Swapped the titles around a little bit. Nice. And then associate. And editor. then associate editor. Yeah. And this is Armando's last week. It's true. Our, wow. or, or as we dubbed him on a previous episode of Clockwise, our Mandroid. Our Mandroid. Yes. So I've composed a little song. It's called Goodbye Our Mandroid. <laughs> oh, God. And it goes. So let me just get my guitar like this. Yeah. No, actually, <laughs> we'll insert uh, that later. Th- we just thought we'd send Armando off by forcing him to be on another <laughs> podcast while we still have the ability to force him to do things. So so welcome, Armando. Yeah. I'm just worried that I'm going to be killed, too, along with you, with the secret Dan organization. This is why it's your last podcast. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> it makes more sense. You're now. expendable now. Oh, no. All right. So, Dan, uh, explain to me how this works again. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, every, every week we have to explain it to you, just so you remember which show you are doing right now. Uh, this is Clockwise, and each oh. one of us has brought a technology topic that we think is worth discussing today. And we don't want to waste your time. That's the most important thing about Clockwise, so we're only going to spend five minutes on each topic, which adds up to about 30 minutes for the podcast. And if it's less than 30 minutes, we don't have to give you free pizza. So we, we keep it under because we don't have the pizza budget. It's not that big. So uh, as I am your benevolent overlord slash co-host, I get to go first and then we'll move the uh, the uh, action counter. No, oh. clockwise. <sighs> Dodged a bullet Ooh. there. That was close. So uh, I wanted to start out today talking about a report uh, that I saw has been floating around early this week. And I believe we had an article about it on uh, several of our sites uh, yesterday. This company, uh, Israeli-based company called PrimeSense, who made the cameras and inside the Kinect or some of the, the chips inside the Microsoft Kinect, the peripheral that attaches to your Xbox and works as a camera and can also listen and take voice commands and all that kind of stuff. Um, Apple apparently is in talks to buy them. Uh, which got me thinking, What are there cool features that could be done with that kind of technology that you have been looking to expand from beyond just like something that sits in your living room and potentially listens to your voice commands? Is there ways that they could integrate this? What kind of nifty ideas do you have for Apple or other companies in using this kind of technology? And I'll pass it to my left to Dan Miller. Uh, well, I think you can imagine all kinds of stuff that they'd like to do uh, in terms of sort of minority report kind of gestural computing. You could certainly think about that. Uh, I think uh, applications around Apple TV and controlling your TV with your hands sitting on the couch, just waving like a maniac, are certainly possible. 
Um, I got to say the one thing I thought was really interesting is I heard a reporter yesterday talking about it, and they said, you know, despite whatever number they're talking about for the purchase price, it's still chump change to, uh, to Apple. And they could just buy this because they thought it was interesting. They could just buy this because what the heck, why not? So, I, you know, I don't think there's any guarantee. It's like those patent filings we see all the time. I don't think there's any guarantee we're going to see this immediately come out in any products. But, you know, they'll have it around. It's something in their intellectual portfolio. So, You know, I, I was walking down a dark street one night. It was like 2 in the morning and it was pretty <laughs> scary. And across the street there was a maniac. And you know what he did? He waved at me. <laughs> Because that's what maniacs apparently do. They wave. He was a very, very charming. Maniacal waving. Hello! So We're here. So, I mean, I wrote an article, a dumb article on Macworld. It's not one of my better ones that was in trying to imagine where the Apple TV went from wait, here. Wait and one of the it. thoughts I had was, what if instead of the Apple TV being this little box that's you know behind your computer, what if the Apple TV was a little box that was on top of your TV? Um, and it, it had a camera in it, and it had a microphone in it, and it could do some stuff. I'm not even sure whether the 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 you know con- waving like a maniac is the is the pr- point so much as um, identifying your face and being able to know that you're there, listening to your voice commands, uh, being able to do uh, FaceTime, let's say over Apple TV. Um, but you know, I I have to admit I'm kind of intrigued by the idea that your iPad or iPhone or Mac or you know a- any device that's got a camera. They all have cameras now and we use them to take pictures but we don't necessarily use them to do intelligent things like say, uh, oh, it's Dan. I don't know which Dan. It's one of these Dans. <laughs> well, that, if you had a chip, it could tell you. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Oh, this is th- which Dan is it today? It's Dan Morin. Oh, I'm going to show Dan Morin his stuff or do something different because I know that it's Dan Morin or Dan's looking pretty glum today. I'm going to cheer him up. How, who knows where this could go? But um, I think that's kind of cool because we do – I mean the cameras are there now. So some of this is like the intelligence behind the cameras. I think that could be pretty cool. I'm actually wondering who here has actually used a Connect. I have I oh, have one in my have one I have one in my Xbox? living room. Yeah. Okay, Dan, Dan, you've got a Dan. Warren. I've got an Xbox, but I don't have a Connect. Oh. But I've used a I've used a friend's. Okay, I, I, I've never found it that impressive. It was kind of neat to fool around with. I know we had one here. We hacked it, quote unquote, Ooh. by plugging it into a computer instead of <laughs> Madness. an Xbox. Yeah. I know. Um, and it was neat to be able to like, look, I'm modeling myself in 3D, and I know the new one on the Xbox One is way better. Um, I'm just wondering why Apple didn't buy them sooner. Why, why, why this move now as opposed to like – Well, the fact that the Xbox year, One doesn't, doesn't use their ago. technology um, makes me wonder if they had a deal with Microsoft that had to kind of like move through before somebody else could pick them up mm-hmm. because Microsoft left them for their own, I guess, internally built uh, Kinect technology. So that might, that might be the reason. I, I like the Kinect. We, it, I don't believe in Microsoft's vision of that you're going to start shouting at your TV <laughs> when you want it to change the channels. There are people who shout at their TV without a Kinect. And That's true. Bless them. <laughs> but um, for my, my, my wife and daughter love playing uh, Just Dance and that's all a connect based dance game and they get up and jump around the house like maniacs more maniacs <laughs> and uh and uh, they really enjoy that so i think i think there are good uses for it i'm just not sure that what uh microsoft is envisioning which is you shout out your xbox <laughs> to change the channel is the right way to go it kind of reminds me of and i could see a copying of an android thing um it the, happens. the face the <laughs> facial recognition that we, the face unlock feature and that was introduced back in android 4.0 ice cream sandwich i could see that being in a future version of ios only it actually works face the, id press your face against the iphone that's true. <laughs> couldn't you cheat that one with like a picture of yourself like wasn't there like some like security flaw where it's like yes, if you held yes. up a printed out picture of, yeah so that is that is a problem i don't know if they'll go that way if you know unless they come up with a really good way around that problem <laughs> 
I um yeah, there's a couple cool things I think they could do. One of the things that was mentioned in our in our article was the idea of this the always on thing, which Jason, you were talking about a little bit there. I don't think necessarily yelling at your computer, but it does. There is the possibility for it to become uh, a feature that makes using something like Siri more natural than having to like hold a button down to trigger Siri. And there's times when you don't like. There's definitely times when I have, say, been washing the dishes and I want to change a track on my iPhone or something. It's like, all right, I got to, like, take off, like, the dishwashing gloves and, like, get gets my remote. So, like, if I could just say Siri next track or something like that, you know, that's that would be cool and useful, I think. I think there is definitely power in that. Or if you're driving, right, like, you don't necessarily want to be able to or have to, like, reach over and press a button. But if you could say, like, you know, Siri, get me some directions or call somebody, you know, I think that that has some power to it. Um, it's And, you know, like Dan said, Miller, um, <laughs> <laughs> I just, not me, um, the, you know, we don't always see these things turn into products. A lot of this could just be a talent acquisition. But, you know, Apple's been on a roll with buying companies a lot recently, and a lot of that stuff I think we're pretty confident is going to turn around into products like the public transportation software they bought. They bought the authentic, you know, fingerprint scanner guys a couple of years ago, and that is now a product. So, you know, I think that there's a good chance that this will find its way into an Apple product in the next few years. I hope so. Dan Miller, do you have a topic for us today? I do. It's a good, a good old-fashioned uh, topic. It's uh, the question of tablets versus laptops. Um, it's important to us now because it's important to me. Um, I've been saving up money for a MacBook Air, and with the new Mac, uh, with the new iPads that have come out, I've all of a sudden really started thinking seriously for the first time about whether or not I could use a tablet instead of a laptop. And I just want to get you guys to uh, get your take on that. Uh, so I have a MacBook Air, and um, I would I would say it's it's changing the equation. There's more and more stuff that I could do on a tablet. I, I because I do podcast editing, I have. I have two weekly podcasts that I do, and I edit both of them. Um, I use my MacBook Air for that, and I couldn't travel without it because I couldn't edit a podcast. There, there are editors on the iPad, but they're just not there yet. Um, what I'll say is this. I don't think the power or the storage are holding me back anymore. I think it's that maybe the software needs to get better, especially with how it's going to use touch inter- interaction, and I think it's touch interaction itself. I think that... Um, for, for a lot of these purposes, it's not that that iPad isn't powerful. It's that I can get my job done way faster using a keyboard and a, and a trackpad and a bunch of keyboard shortcuts. And that stuff hasn't caught up yet. The, the, the right way to do either by adding a Bluetooth keyboard or adding lots of amazing new touch interactions, I could edit a podcast on my iPad now. I'm confident of that. It would take me like 10 times as long as it does on a MacBook. So for me, um, it's it, it's we're at that point now where it's about more about touch interaction and issues of do you use an external keyboard and are are the apps good enough yet uh, and they're getting better than it is about the fundamental like a tablet can't do it I'm sure a tablet can do almost anything now it's just a matter of uh, you know are the pieces around it all connected Armando what do you think so I'm like you I use an iPad at home and I have a MacBook Air here at work. Um, and the reason I switched over to using iPad at home almost exclusively was because I'd get home, I'd be on my laptop, and after being at work all day just typing, typing, typing on a laptop, uh, my wrists would start to hurt, and I was worried I was getting carpal tunnel. So I switched over to an entirely touch interface because I don't want to, you know, mess up my wrists when I'm only in my early 20s and be an old man with no hands. So, I, I mean, I would go for the tablet if in that case. It's also the same thing where I feel like I could do most of what I needed to do. All I really do is Twitter and Netflix these days when I get home because I'm really lazy. So, um, 
I mean, it does everything I need. I'm not going to go home and program a game or something or do a Photoshop. I also have a MacBook Air and, a, and an iPad. I tend to use, I mean, granted, I work out of my home, so I guess I go back and forth between the, the MacBook Air and the iPad during the day, but I do tend to use the iPad or my phone more in the evenings. Um, and there, I mean, there is something compelling about it, especially for personal use, because they're so small and compact that I can take my iPad places that I wouldn't take my laptop. You know, I can throw it in a bag or like in a, even in a large pocket sometimes, depending on, you know, the size of my coat and, and I can walk around with it and have it available if I decide, oh, you know, I'm going to pop into this cafe and sit down and do a crossword puzzle for a few, you know, like for half an hour. Um, it's not there. I agree with Jason. It's not there for work for me just because there's so much more customization possible on the Mac. Um, and on, you know, Windows PCs as well in terms of like having stuff running in the background, running all these ancillary utilities, things that just make my job faster and more efficient. Um, and when it comes to the iPad, you know, they still have this sort of, you know, monotasking approach and it slows you down a little bit in terms of like things that you, oh, I need to bop back over to this web page to look at something that I'm referring to, you know, in something else that I'm writing. Um, and, you know, you've seen apps try to combat that, but I think it's just it's just not as efficient for me yet for doing a lot of the stuff that I need to do so often at work. And sometimes it's just small things like that, like even writing an email while referring to another email, like that's a pain on the iPad. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the, the, the MacBook still solves that problem. It will be interesting to see because I think that, you know, clearly stuff is moving more and more towards the tablet side of the equation. Um, and sooner or later, they're going to have to deal with that. Like, how do you use a device like that? I don't think they can get away with saying, that, like, this is the way this tablet will work forever. But right now, I think I still need my MacBook for work, but my, my iPad does fill a lot of the voids in my other non-work activities. So I think what it came down to me, uh, you know, when, when I really started thinking about it uh, twice was, was realizing that if, if you put, to, put a, uh, an iPad mini together with a Bluetooth keyboard, you're still talking uh, less weight than a MacBook Air. And, and the thing is, I've got a MacBook Pro at work, which I cart back and forth from home. And come on, it's not that heavy, but you get kind of tired of it. It makes a difference. So I realized that I could leave a Mac, my MacBook Pro at work and get probably 80% of the stuff I need to do for work done on an iPad with a Bluetooth keyboard. And once I realized that, I thought, oh, okay, well, that, and, and it does double duty as my you know, reading device on the subway, which is awkward to do with a MacBook Air. <laughs> Um, so it, 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 it's the first time that I've ever thought, oh, I really could, you know, as an adjunct to, to a work machine, not as a replacement, but as an adjunct, as a portable adjunct, it makes a lot of sense. Plus that battery life. And with iOS 7, um, app developers can now do all sorts of custom keyboard shortcuts that they couldn't right. do before, which mm-hmm. is huge. And, and they, there aren't a lot of apps that are doing that yet, but I think that's going to happen, And especially for ones that are for getting serious work done. Um, and I think that'll be a big deal. I, I, I hit uh, Command-Shift-D, which is the mail shortcut for send mail on my iPad just reflexively and it sent the message and I had one of those moments like, oh, what just happened? <laughs> it was pretty pretty cool. Speaking of getting real work done, I uh, my topic is about... Uh, uh, so when Apple made its announcements a couple weeks ago, they announced that they were going to give away iWork with everything that you buy from Apple. You get iWork. It's free. Free spreadsheet, free word processor, free presentation software. You get it all for free. And um, this led to a a very amusing uh, comment from Frank Shaw, who is Microsoft's PR uh, slash propaganda master, which was, well, the Surface comes with full office, too. We We also give things away for free. 
um, which is actually, when you think about it, kind of radical for Microsoft. And and so my question is, you know, everything must go. Our prices are insane. Office suites are free. Do they matter? Do Office suites matter when Google Docs is there and now Microsoft is giving away Office with Surface and Apple is giving away iWork to all of its uh, people who've bought hardware anytime recently, basically? Um, That's great, but does it really matter? Do you really rely on Office suites outside of big companies? are, Are they relevant anymore, Armando? Um, I don't think they're relevant anymore. I think if you're charging for an office suite at this point, you're not going to do very well. And unless you're Microsoft, well, unless you're with Microsoft, corporate contracts, but right? that's just because they have corporate contracts. Like, why would you pay for iWork when there's Google Docs? Why would you pay for Microsoft Word? There's 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 really no use for them other than unless you're a student and you're writing a paper. But even then, you could get by with like Notepad and the rich text ed- and the text editor in um, Mac OS. So I don't see the point of them at all. And I think we're entering this era of like, oh, software's free. Yay. This is a young person talking, by the way, everybody. So those of you who've invested heavily <laughs> in Office software, I'm be sorry. afraid. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Dan, when's the last time you bought Office software? I've <laughs> never, never bought Office software. Uh, yeah, I never I never had it. Uh, when I was in college, I used AppleWorks because that still existed. Um, <laughs> I bought Word Word 5.1 when I was in college Whoa. for the education. Uh, I I had uh, was I went from MacRoy 2 to ClarisWorks to AppleWorks, um, and I don't think I bought an Office Suite after that because I moved on to other types of like because I don't use spreadsheets or like presentation software that much. I never it never was really that cost effective for me to buy an Office Suite. All I really wanted was a word processor, and there are so many other good word processors out there. Um, I mean, especially with the advent of OS X when they made it so that you could open like Word docs and text edit. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah it was like 90, 90% compatibility there. It was like, all right, so now I've dealt with the problem of everybody sending me Word docs that I can't read um, and being able to send things to them that they can read. But past that, I mean, I don't really need an office suite. Even, I mean, numbers, uh, you know, Keynote I now use more than I used to because I actually do talks. Uh, numbers is really just like from mucking around. Honestly, I get by with Google Docs spreadsheets, like yeah. fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so for me, you know, I think that the office suite is is more of a thing that, you know, people are accustomed to just having because it's the basic kind of stuff that you do with a computer. So making it free kind of makes sense. Um, you know, uh, it's it's more of a challenge for Microsoft because they need to sell software to make their bottom line, right? <laughs> um, whereas Apple can get away with it because they want you to just buy their devices. So, mm-hmm. uh, but it is, I, I don't... I don't think that in 10 years anybody will be paying for Office Suites anymore. They might pay for separate apps that do different things. Like if you want to buy a word processor, you know, that somebody makes that does things that you can't do, like a Scrivener or something like that. Totally. I think there's a market for that. But, uh, you know, they're going to commoditize them to this point. Yeah, I think it's one thing that's interesting is that if you looked at the way Apple released the new versions of the iWork apps, they really didn't use the phrase iWork very much. I mean, they, they are, I think, even in their marketing and positioning, they're really de-emphasizing the whole notion of a suite. It's not even a suite. Well, I mean, it was never really a suite. It was a collection of standalone apps. It was a apps. collection of standalone apps. Just, and, so, yeah. and, and I mean, going back to the, to the original Office apps, I mean, the whole notion of a suite was that they were interoperable and they had all this technology for embedding spreadsheets in Word documents and embedding spreadsheets in... Yeah. Olay! <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and, and that, I think, that raison d'etre is not really there anymore. I mean, because we've got we've got data coming in from all different sources, and it's not like the only place you're going to have your numbers is going to be in Excel. So I think I think they've got a I think the whole notion of having a suite where everything's interoperable is kind of kind of 
gone. So there, there's a, there are listeners out there who are working for major organizations who are listening to us and saying, you are a bunch of hippies. Exactly. <laughs> and I have to rely on Excel <laughs> and Word to do my job. And it's true. In businesses that have adopted it, it's still necessary. But when I look at the big picture, I think – I feel like the um, – the, the the curve of justice bends toward not office not mattering so much anymore, right? I just, yeah, just I, yeah. yes, as Martin Luther King Jr. once said. Martin Luther King predicted the decline of office software. It's is like what I'm BlackBerry. Saying. No one wants to use them because they're so business focused. Yeah, yeah. And, and so people still use them, and will still use Word into the probably far future. And spaceships will be run on Excel. But I think that they're becoming <laughs> less relevant in a general way because there are other things that that. Uh, you can use instead. So, RIP Office. We've the hippies have declared it dead. Uh, Armando, it's your last uh, week at the office, and this is your clockwise finale. What topic would you like to force us to talk about? Well, I'm going to force you guys to talk about video games. Yay! Hooray! Because this last or last week and this week, depending on when you're hearing this, it's the middle of November. Um, it's the new generation of consoles are launching for video games. Uh, it's a big step forward. Lots of stuff's changed. But does it actually matter anymore? I mean, everyone's got, I think everyone here in this room has an Apple TV or an iPad or something else that they can play games on. And so does it matter? Is anyone going to go rush out to buy these things? Give me a reason not to buy a new game console. Dan, go. Uh, My reason is I have an Xbox 360, which I still play a lot of, and I don't really need it. And similar reason, the first generation of these new consoles always have bugs, right? Like, you know, Xbox 360s red ringed for years after they came out. So I'm okay letting someone else buy the the first versions as they come out and then deciding, uh, you know, what's going on with them. Another issue is that games aren't all there yet, right? There are some launch titles, but it probably is going to take a few months before we start seeing the most compelling reasons to upgrade. Um, And I don't know. My my problem is like I, you know, my friends, a lot of them bought into the Xbox 360 and we played lots of multiplayer games for years. And then it's sort of died out. You know, some of them like had kids or, you know, moved and all this stuff. And so it's it's harder to find time to do that. And that was the main, you know, attraction for me of a gaming console was being able to play online with sort of far flung friends. Um, And it seems like, you know, we've moved to other types of stuff where, you know. We write emails, <laughs> we send text messages. <laughs> it's so low tech now. No, I mean I don't know. And and with with certain casual gaming things like where you can play, you know, we play board games on the iPad like over the over the internet. So you know, there's lots of other things that take up less time than the kind of things that you do with a full fledged gaming console. So yeah, I'm not running out and buying one. I'll, I'll look into it if it if it you know six months a year from now if it looks like it's catching on and people are doing cool things and it's definitely a possibility. But I don't need to run out and get one. I'm I'm not exactly the demographic <laughs> <laughs> for gaming console. Not hardcore gaming. Uh, no, <laughs> so you know I use my my, my iPad for games. Certainly, um, my son, who's maybe a little closer to that uh, demographic, uh, because we're tyrants, we don't give him game <laughs> consoles. But he plays on the iPad and he plays Minecraft on the on the Mac and all that kind of stuff. So he's managed to survive this far, and so I don't think we're going to be buying one anytime soon. That poor child. So deprived. <laughs> you know, gaming consoles, we have – so we have in my house a Wii, uh, original, not the Wii U, and uh, and an Xbox 360 and a PS3. So we are one generation behind on all major platforms now. It's very exciting. Um, and there are a lot of great games and we play them and um, it's fun. But I, I, I wonder that myself about what's the point of the gaming consoles. I actually start to wonder, you know how like every – 
box you buy has Netflix in it. Every DVD player and every uh, you know video streamer and every refrigerator, they all have Netflix built into them now. And I wonder at some point, when do games become like Netflix, where it becomes like an embedded platform inside devices? Your TV comes with PlayStation or your, your blender comes with Xbox. And it's not so much about the box <laughs> as it is about... Does it blend? It's, it's a platform. the only game well, you can... It's well, the only game you can play. Because <laughs> mining... Does it blend five, the, uh, where the aliens bring a blender to Earth? And uh, I, I just... I, I wonder sometimes if the idea of buying a box that's entirely devoted to games and you have to hook it up to your TV is just... Um, it's it's become so irrelevant now because of all of these other ways to play games other than if you're a hardcore gamer. Microsoft is pitching the Xbox One as like the center of your digital entertainment life, which is smart, I think, in a way, um, even though it's early yet in that. So I, I, I just – sometimes I wonder, are they going to go away? Are they going to transform into something else? And because they're, everybody's already got like a cable box or something like that on, on input one, I wonder if if in the end it's going to be like Netflix or something or, or Hulu or something like that where um, Sony's going to put PS4 in stuff. Um, it may not be practical today, but you know, PS3 lasted what almost ten years. Maybe in five, seven years, you'd buy, be able to buy a TV, and it'll just have PS4 in it. And uh, that might be a way forward for games is as platforms instead of as standalone pieces of hardware. I don't know. Well, I'm a technophile, so I buy everything that's new and shiny. Uh, so I have both of the new consoles. Actually, I have all three of the new consoles. Wow. Um, yeah, I, I have a problem. You're fired. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, good. I'm going to take off my headphones now and leave this podcast. <laughs> no, I think you're right, though. I think that um, they're really trying to find an alternate use here. Um, they can't just be all about games because, let's face it, most people just use them to watch Netflix these days because they're great Netflix boxes. Um, and then what Microsoft's trying to do with live TV stuff is interesting. But I don't know how much that's going to catch on in terms of Microsoft because a lot of people are ditching their cable to do Netflix-type services. And I could definitely see, like, there's already Xbox Live on Windows Phone and Sony's trying to put their games on their Android phone. So maybe in the future everything will just be Xbox phones and PS3 or PlayStation 5 tablets and huh. smartphones as well. Very interesting. Uh, that was a good topic for, for your end. Uh, yeah. Now now it's, uh, it's time for our bonus question, which is the question that isn't related to the things we've talked about. And mine's going to – I'm going to keep it simple, which is – I love doing fantasy drafts. I think they're great. You pick players, but you can pick other things if you're not into the sports. So I'm going to keep it simple, guys. We're going to pick tech companies. What do you? What do you? What tech companies are on your team? The point is, pick one, and uh, and uh, then other people can't pick it. It's like we're picking teams, and we'll go around once or twice. Dan, you have a question. Dan Mo- I, Miller. I, I just want to know what stats we're basing this on. Is it stock performance? It's whatever you want it to be. I. It's your fantasy tech. Who's going to pick Apple team. first? <laughs> well, who gets to go first? We're going to move clockwise for me, which means Armando, you get the first pick in the, oh, in God, the tech company so draft. So many companies. Uh, I'm going to pick Google just because they do a lot of stuff, and their stock is actually pretty decent these days. So I'm going to let you three uh, mackerel people fight it out. Who gets Apple? Well, Dan Moore, and you get the second pick, and I'm going to pick Apple. That <laughs> would be dumb not to. <laughs> <laughs> Bold decision there. I know, I know. I thought so. I'm taking Dropbox. Ooh. Ooh. Dropbox. Dark Horse. Very interesting. Well, well, I am going to go with Facebook. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to go with Facebook. That's going to be my pick. I may regret it later. I may – maybe – can I get – maybe I should get Microsoft and then I'll split it up into more than one thing. <laughs> 
It'll be a sign as their new CEO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take Facebook. I think Facebook is still interesting and everybody on the planet. Once we discover life on other planets, Facebook's growth potential is going to be amazing. Right. That's what I'm saying. Mark Zuckerberg just friended you right now. All right. <laughs> and that, I believe, brings us to the end of this edition of Clockwise. We have been carefully watching the clock and realized that we've run out of time. Armando Rodriguez, it's been great working with you. We're going to miss you. And thank you for coming on the podcast one last time. All the tears. Oh. All the tears. Oh. <laughs> Well, Dan Miller, you're still going to be around. So. I'm here. Thanks for being here. We'll, we'll see you again sometime. <laughs> you're stuck with me, yes. We could escape before they murder us. And until next time, <laughs> if we survive the League of Dan's nefarious uh, planning uh, <laughs> from all of us here at Clockwise, remember to watch what you say, especially in front of Dan's. And keep watching the clock because that way it's easier for us to sneak up behind you and kill you. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> see you next time, everybody. Bye.